0: It was just ridiculous money, but um, I knew more and loved Windsor more after I'd left.
1: Welcome to the latest episode of Wearing the Red and Green. In this week's podcast, I speak to former defender, Michael Barnes. Barney was regarded by supporters and his teammates as one of the finest centre-halves in non-league football. We discuss his time wearing the red and green, why he felt we were just a couple of players short of being title contenders, why his time at Stag Meadow was the most enjoyable of his career and the truth behind that move to Barnet, and then days later Chesham United. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Mick. How are you doing? How's your Christmas?
0: Yeah, it's all good. Um, yeah, quiet. Only had the, just the immediate family over. So um, all good. My little, I've got a, a 16-year-old and I've got a five-year-old. So the five-year-old, oh, nice. he was just bouncing off the walls. Okay. Um, so yeah, this is the first Christmas he's really got into it. So that was really, really nice. Love that.
1: <laughs> I think it's fair to say uh, children's first Christmases, though the first Christmas they understand, are always the best ones. Now listen, um, Mick, I firstly really appreciate you joining the podcast. Uh, it's great to have you on. I want to start by rewinding the clock back to when your career started at Reading
0: and what you remember from your, your time at Elm Park. Um, yeah, so I, I I went straight from school. Uh, I, I mean, I met, I left school on uh i remember being made of a, made the a 12th 1980 <laughs> and and two days later i signed apprenticeship forms <clears throat> so i didn't have any break from school i went straight into the apprenticeship uh, obviously it was the end of the season so it was just getting to know where things were where the kits were held and just doing little bits of training with the other apprentices how long were you there for I was there in... Well, I started playing... <coughs> excuse me. I started playing when I was still at school in 79. So I made my first yeah. play, first game uh, for the Reading Reserves at Birmingham City when I was 15. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and I, it was quite funny because I was really, really nervous and then all the, the older pros made me feel a bit at ease. But when I see the team team, Frank Worthington was playing up front. Oh. <laughs> then the Harris then the went a little bit. So so it, it was good but yeah so I started there and I left there in um 84. Yeah uh, and then was that Northampton? Up to Northampton um probably not not a great move for me to be fair I think I should have stuck it out of Reading a bit more um yeah. after a while we had uh Mark McGee came in yeah uh, but I think I would have been or he'd been more my manager, because I'd like I like to play a bit. Yeah. Under Morris Evans and Ian Bramford, it was all long ball stuff. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was all long ball stuff, and I couldn't really get into the team, but both there was a stage where both centre-halves, Martin Ix and Steve Wood, both got injured, and they signed a, a player on loan from Chelsea called Mickey Nutton. He came in, and we went 11 games unbeaten. I'd, I'd scored in that 11... Lemon game, unbeaten run. Mickey Nuttons loan finished. I got sent off at Orion. So <laughs> Mickey, um, Steve Wood and Martinix came back into the side. So I thought once i finished my ban, because of the, how well I played, I thought I'm going to get back in here because yeah. I really did do well. But the manager saw it differently. So I think Reading went on three or four game unbeaten um, defeats. I'm then knocking on his door saying, "Well, shouldn't I be given a chance back in?" It never happened, and to be to be brutally honest, it was a it was a real kick in the teeth because i I wasn't the best trainer, but I was very fit. Yeah, and being a young player, you 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 had to do it. Um, maybe looking back, I should have done afternoon sessions and 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 whatever, but um, that was the start of me sort of. Wanting to leave, yeah. so I was trying to get loan moves. Morris Evans, who was the manager, said, "No, no, no, we're not, we're not going to um, let you out on loan because I need you for cover for the two centre backs." Ian Branford, I don't know if you remember Ian Branford. Mm-hmm. He, he was the manager there, um and he was the one who was the coach, but he was the one telling me, "Get a loan. You're too good to play in your reserves. Let's get you out on loan." So yeah, Morris Evans, <laughs> three weeks later, Morris Evans got the sack. Ian Branford then became manager so the first thing i did was knock on his door how about me going out alone i can't i need you for cover for the two center backs so it's (laughs) all right being a coach but when you're the manager then you got i suppose you're now looking at it from the whole club perspective you know if i let players out on loan and and they do get injured and i haven't got any backup for that player like for myself then you're looking a bit of a mug as a manager aren't you i suppose but we got relegated that year as well. So another thing that happened was that Mickey Nutton was available at 10 grand. Reading wouldn't pay that. He he then went to Millwall, who then did come in for me on loan because they'd seen us both play together. George Graham was a manager. And again, oh, wow. to no avail. That 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 was it. And I remember playing, we played Millwall at home towards the end of that season. It was 3-3. And Mickey, Nick, Mickey Nutton came straight up to me in the warm-up and said, we all thought you were coming to us. But I said, well, I didn't even know about it. But he said, yeah, yeah, George Graham came in for you. He'd seen us both play together at ready. Um, And he was, what was well happy." And you know, in these fine lines in football, um, I think it was only a couple of years, that George Graham went to Arsenal. You never know. You never know. And if I'd have gone to Millwall and played really, really well, there's another step. You know, it might have happened. It might, I could have gone. So it didn't happen and that was it. So my move to in 84 up to Northampton was just a knee-jerk reaction, really. Um, worst move I ever made. Why, like, why, why was that just
1: bad atmosphere?
0: Football was rubbish. Um, training was rubbish. Um, and that's where I got injured. I, I shouldn't have played. I'd, I'd, had, I'd had a cold or fluy or whatever. Uh, but we had a lot of injuries. So I, I played in a game at Halifax on a Tuesday night. And that's when I'd done my knee ligaments and uh, cartilage. Gained a fine night. If we had had a full squad of players fit, then I wouldn't have been playing in that. But you know, it is what it is. And but, is that uh,
1: what prompted the move into non-league football when you recovered from the knee?
0: Well, the, because pro- the progression in medical um, ability now, with 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 um, surgeons and with physio, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was probably if it was now, I'd probably be looking at. I don't know, three or four months. It was a year or more than a year because my my rehabilitation again wasn't the best. So, well, and also, also, I guess
1: just the way that science is now as well, right? In terms of when people get those kind of injuries at that time, they could have been career ending. Yeah, you know, is now that, it's probably no different to a broken leg.
0: Yeah, and 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 to be fair, my 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 knee now I kill. I still can't bend my leg to mm. straight. It still bends, so and that's from that injury at 21. Um, but you know, I I agreed with um, the manager there that you know maybe I should I should leave because I wasn't in the right place mentally. Um, and I went back home and just started meeting up with the boys, going out, um, putting a bit of weight on. Uh, and it was my dad, bless him, who who got me back into the football. Remembering. He, he he just started ringing around football clubs. <laughs> One night after being out at a pub, he just sat me down and said, "Right, you're going training tomorrow." I said, "Where's that?" He said, "Made Ed United." I said, "No, no." He said, "Yes, you are." And I went, and that was it. I, I enjoyed it. Good bunch of lads, and I enjoyed it. And I I I did a two or three training sessions, a couple of friendlies, and then signed signed a contract for. Them. And that was the start of me in the non-league football. And how did the move to Windsor come about after Maidenhead? Well, that so I was I was playing okay for for um, Maidenhead. A friend of mine was the manager, Jimmy Cowman. Yeah. Um, he then left and went to Wickham Wanderers. Right. So I was having a good season again. He he then came in for me um, and he said, "I've put an approach." Um, they approached me. I went to speak to Jim. Um, I think, I think five grand was the transfer fee. But there was, um, but I didn't have a medical. I was having a medical after three games. I don't know why. When I finish, what I'm going to say, you, you'll probably see the reason why. Um, I've gone and played in a in a, a Dagenham first, straight into the first team. Again, i was still only 21, nearly 22. So going from pro football into that, you do get bashed about a bit. I can't remember the centre forward, but he was smashing me all over the place. But I got through the 90 minutes. Then I played another game and then I played a friendly against Kingstonian. Um, then I went for the medical. The medical, did the medical, went home. Two days later, I get a phone call from Jim Cameron saying, look, you failed the medical. So we're going to have to let you go back to Maidenhead." I said, all right. So, I've gone back to Maidenhead. the money's changed hands again. So yeah. they got the money, they offered me the same deal. So because I was out of contract now at Maidenhead and out of contract, so I'm a free agent basically. And they offered me the same contract as they so what if there was anything wrong with my knee, I don't know. But they you for me, you don't offer the same contract as in signing on fee and the length of the contract if you've got a gammy knee. So I think they really turned over Maidenhead and didn't want to pay the five thousand. Maybe I don't know, but it didn't it didn't sit right with me. So I just said no, 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 I'm going to stay in Maidenhead just out of principles, really, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and as year Jim was a friend of mine. I always liked playing for him. Um, Maidenhead gave me a pay rise straight away. They went up to seventy five pound a week. They were in Division Two. of uh, Wanted me to sign a contract, and I said, look. No, i'm not going to sign a contract and that's when i th- i think i think it was steve baines yeah. told. i think it was him that told john clements that mix not on a contract and that's when they came across and signed me so it was um yeah it was an unexpected call and i and i, I got it you know i went do you know what i'll come i come and play for you i like john and keith clements they were they were nice nice blokes so um, I had no problems playing for them. But I knew Mitch as well. Yeah. Um, that was another fact. If I go there, I've got someone I know there, but someone... Which he- really helps, right? Helps, but who I hold in so much high regard uh, as, a, as a person as well as um, as a goalkeeper. Just, just a fantastic, fantastic bloke. And that, again, knowing that he was there, playing him behind because he played at reading reserves a few games as well behind me so and that's where our friendship started um but yeah that, that and that's how i got to Windsor.
1: now now for your first full season we had that brilliant fa trophy run with enfield and White United uh, and obviously Enfield were the holders at the time. Yeah, um, and if I remember right, there, had Paul Furlong up front, who was one of the best one of the best strikers in non-league football. Yeah, but what do you remember about that game? And like, how confident were you going into that game? Did John do anything different <laughs> to pair
0: the side? No, I, I think I think the beauty of playing for Windsor and Eton was that we we had we had players better than other players, but we set out and. The first thing we did was play 100 as a unit and we didn't the better players didn't start doing their little tricks if you want mm. until we, we had won the game like two three no up let's okay let's start having a go now but the the, the mindset was we're, we're going to set our stall out and this is how we're going to play and i like that because there's nothing worse than especially on a, on a Windsor pitch, when it's wet, boggy, someone trying to be, you know, that little bit of skill, trying nutmegs in that doesn't work. And I think the good, the good thing with John Clements is he had players there that could play on those conditions as well. So he, there wasn't really a flair player we had. That mm. I would, when I say a flair player, I mean a flair player. That is it. We had players that could play, but first and foremost, could really dig in Yeah. And be a solid unit. And that was, that was fantastic for certainly for a back four and a goalkeeper that we had the same in front of us as well. And, and, you know, I don't remember a great deal about the infield. I remember more about Hyde game. Yeah. Go on. Tell us about Hyde. That's the one that stood out for me more. And I played against Paul Furlong quite, quite a few times as we, as the the years went on. Um, but the Hyde game the, the first of all, first of all the funniest things were we were warming up and I think the game could have been called off with the conditions but they travelled down from Greater Manchester they've come in and the first thing that made me laugh they was all looking up in the air and, I, and I've gone what are they looking at well you'd never seen Concord Concord remember <laughs> it's the first time they'd all seen Concord <laughs> and they're all looking up in the air I'm, going, I'm pissing myself <laughs> Look at, Look at this part, and I went up to one of I said, "Well, take it Yes, first time we seen Concord. They loved it. They stopped their training and all sorts. All their warm up and everything." Um, but but the game was, I think we went two 0 up, and I think that we we they didn't get back into. So we threw it away. We could have, we could have done a lot more under the day, and I think at two nil on a better better surface, we could have you know your wingers would have got forward more we could have probably pushed in because we could have pushed them back a one moment i just think that the the surface let us down as well mm. it was bogmire in the second half it was it was a shame but i was still confident going back up there because the, the the replay was on the monday it was we've all had to get time off work we've had to go to a, a sports shop and get these astro boots because they were played on an astro pitch um you know we had some we had some good players when you go up there as well we had dave barnett was there dave regis was playing so we we went up there um and i think it was two nil wasn't it yeah yeah it was but i don't think that i think second half we played better but we took a lot of you know we traveled up the night before we've probably had a a later night being away um uh, <laughs> Yeah, we just started really slowly on that, that game, and to be fair, I, th- I thought I played all right that day, on on the, you know, especially on that astro pitch or whatever they played on. Um, but as I say, second half I thought we'd done all right, but we just took us a long time to get used to the surface. Um, again, that could have been a big factor in in the uh, defeat. But but, <laughs> whatever. I was over by. They scored a goal and all the young lads on the sideline all jumped on and were going they were going alright mate quite a lot and giving it all taking the, take the mick up being cockneys and all that so there was there was a funny side to it as well um, and they was giving it to the bench and all that like and I thought oh, leave it out let's get on with the game like but yeah very disappointing, very disappointing. more so obviously with the with the going 2-0 up in the first game Um, yeah yeah, I, I just think teams just didn't like playing against us. Tough side, we were a tough side to beat. in the league in the cup, we were we were we were all right. I remember in a book you said um,
1: you thought we were a couple of players short of being a a title winning,
0: and I and I and I still believe that because we were never we were always languishing in the the middle of the table, and you know when. We were always good for a draw. So if you yeah. that point used to be the coupon when used to put them on the pools. <laughs> if we were on there, it gets down with a draw because what normally is we dominate teams and someone's called to play the goal against us. We were always good for a draw, and just that. As I say, we still had good players there, but not enough to turn a game, and that's not a knock on what we had. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagination, but certain games off the bench, you know, someone coming off the bench to, to turn a game. Because, uh, you, you, again, especially on our pitch at home, which is a tough pitch to play on when it was wet and it was mm-hmm. boggy. So you probably wouldn't play your game, your flair player, but it would have been nice to bring someone off the bench who could turn that game for you. I don't think we've really had one of those. You know, you know, but, you know, we, we, if you haven't got those players, you've got to try harder. And I'm not saying we didn't try hard, but you've got to try and find something to work. Um, and again, I think that comes down to new managers coming in who who can bring different players. You know, John John and Keith were, as I say, really nice people. When I met them for the first time, they were great. I, I can't see myself. I don't think they commanded the same respect as, as an Alf Courtman, for mm-hmm. instance. You knew you had to do it for Alf Corton. Yeah. Whereas sometimes it was left to the likes of myself and Woodsy to, to kick people up the ass. And it shouldn't be like that. Everyone, you know, as I say, we all mucked in together. But I think once Alf came in, it was even better in that respect because everyone knew their job. And i tell you what, that was one hard man. One hard man. But i tell you what, you, you died for him on the pitch. Whereas it weren't like that with. John and Keith. It was more of a in the dressing room at half time, you know, people go after to the toilet and and pro- you know, you look round and they might be listening but it didn't look like they were listening. Whereas again Yeah. Sergeant yeah, yeah. Major, everyone's quiet. Everyone listens Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was, um yeah, God bless them. They were good, a couple of good blokes, but but um Alf was the man, I think. We won a box and bucks under John
1: and Keith, which yeah.
0: at the time was
1: um, you know a prestigious talk competition at the time, not you know probably less so today, but certainly at that time, yeah, uh, it was I, a deep. I, I, it was cup time, wasn't it? Can't I remember that. I, I think I played in it. No, I remember. we beat
0: um, we beat Abingdon either Town or United. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one I was, yeah, I Abingdon. Mean, I, I did play in that one, yeah. I scored the, the equaliser. Oh, that's right. Yeah, of course. In the injury time. That's right. Yeah. Of course. We, we, think, we, didn't, we didn't play well at all that day. No, we didn't. We didn't play very well. And the winner was uh, Evo Longfro. I flicked it on. I think painy at the back stuck it in. And do you know what? I was knackered that game. Absolutely cream-crackered. You think you're going to go on a bit of a celebration. I think I had a couple of pints. I think I was in bed by nine o'clock that night. I just it was just i was just so tired it was a hot day as well yeah uh, but yeah that and and like i say we were we were a hard team to beat and if we were going to win something it was going to be a cup um yeah. i think the, the 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 manager of abingdon was a west ham fella um keen mike mike keen or someone like that it was kevin keen's old man actually um and he you know when you think you don't play very well, and you're just going—not going through the emotions—but it's a slog. And and when you you're, you're trying to block, you know, um, block tackle with your head because your feet won't move. It's one of those sort of things. And he he was full of praise for us that day. He said he said, "What a good team!" And I think, "Really?" <laughs> you know, but again, we've we've we dug out a result because that was our that's the way we played. Never say die. Never say die.
1: Now that season you were I think supporters player of the year, it might have been players player, but or managers player, but you're a player of the year. What was some of obviously you mentioned like the trophy run, Barcelona, what were some of your personal highlights in
0: that first full season? Do you know do you know what? Sometimes it's not about so much the playing side, it's who you're with and coming in and being welcomed in right from I think my first game was harrow Burrow. Uh we we I think it was four two win or whatever. But for, it was as if I'd been playing there all the, t- all the time. Everyone was just fantastic, and that goes back to my point that there was no big time Charlies with us. Mm. Everyone was workmanlike. You know, my well, memory's not great th- f- for that season. All I know is that we we were that that team that were hard to beat. Um, we had our cup runs. Um, I still remember you know, the the, uh, the the derby matches always special. Um. I'm not sure if it was my second season, but we we played Slough Town at home. I think I scored in that one. I think we went 3-1 up. Dodds, Dodds, he got the other two. Yeah. It was like uh, the Alamo, really, for the (laughs) love. They got one back. But but again, our our strength and solid as a unit got us through that game. Um, So I love those. Even away, even when you, you sort of lost, you know, we didn't get thrashed by them. It was the odd goal, but you still enjoyed that battle with the with the slough boys. Those are my they're, my they're my best memories, the derby matches. Also going to Wokingham Town because it was the smallest pitch I've ever played on, and I love small pitches. And I ain't got to run so much. Who <laughs> <laughs> were another, they were a good side in those days, weren't they? Wokenham. Wokenham, Wokenham were were a very good side. Roy Merriweather tried to sign me on numerous occasions. I don't know why I never played for him because I would have loved to have played for him. Um, Evo was there at the time as well when I... And I had, I had three or four good friends that played for them. Um, but I think what stopped me going there again was I don't think the... that togetherness was there, even though they were a good side. I like that togetherness. It was, and there were some really good players there as well who probably thought they were a bit more than the other players. So... You you see that when you play against them. I'm I'm a I'm a person who wants everybody um, together and that's it. If someone gets paid more than another player, it never showed with winter yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like if I when I went to Chesham, for instance. They was all talking about who was on what money. From the first day I was there. Um so yeah, it was just my greatest memory of of, of Windsor and Ian is the club itself and and the camaraderie. Um, and you know, it's, it's
1: funny you say that because a lot of the play, a lot of players that I've spoken to for the book and podcast and what have you, they all say that you know when they look at their career, it was it was Windsor that they enjoyed most, and because of the dressing room.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And we've had a couple of reunions, and you see Windsor and Ian is the only reunions I've ever been on yeah that's that says so much right yeah i could have gone to the Aylesbury i could have gone to the Maidenhead and the Chesham i just can't can't be bothered with that but these boys fantastic of all the all of the people that i um met at the club and the players i played with yeah fantastic
1: Now you mentioned when Alf came in, um, and he was obviously that lot more regiment. What else did he bring to that squad when he when he came in?
0: He he brought so he's I remember him having a saying um about setting a stall out. This is us, and I remember him saying to me on one game, he said we were looking up at the tip of the other team trying I can't remember who it was, I think it was Hendon or someone like that, who had Phil Gridley playing and a couple of England semi pros or whatever. And he's, he, he's, he's pulled me to the side. He goes, See that a lot up there? It's Pre Madonnas. He said, Pre Madonnas, we set our stall out here and tell them this is us. We roll our sleeves up and they they will look down to you lot now and go, Actually, they've beaten us already. And you know what? We were 2 nil winners because he, he went to me, he said that to me, and he's probably gone around all the players individually and said that. Because when we set out on that game, we did. We had our we had our stall set out, and we had them, um, we were tackling Phil Grid. I think it's Gridley. When I'll Gridley. he he was there, and I mean he was getting tackled here, there, and ever. They were saying you can't do that to an England semi pro and all that, and ever. And you effing what? Get in there, come up here and have a go. bye, and we was I'm going to go in. So every time he got the ball, it was different players tackling him. But they, we riled them that much. And they weren't a bad side then, Hendon, but that was that was all down to Alf Courtin and the way he set us up. So I'd been a, a, a sergeant major type manager, where you, you, you're barking orders and shit. But he knew position for position how to get the best out of us. Now he was another one who, when when I said about we were just those players to come off the bench. Do you remember Terry Merriman? He was a player like that. He was a good player. There's no doubt, but he was a good player. I think he came from Cambridge United. Yeah, that's right. He was a good player. Um, And he was the one that you could, on a nice surface start, or someone you could bring on. Not a world beer, but he was, he'd keep the ball for you. Yeah. A bit bit like a chilky White. Um, Just keep the ball for you. He, he had that. Alf had that more than the other managers where he could say, Right, now's your time to go on. Or he might bring another holding midfield player if you're one up and under pressure. Didn't happen with Clemo or, or, or Keith. Um, but Alf had that about him. Very good coach. You know what you wanted. Everything in his coaching manual was simple. It wasn't any... Uh, we didn't go through... Um, technique stuff so much you know the strikers were going to strike a few balls and the thing but he was he was very very we don't get beat first you know and and as i say we were we were hard really hard to beat under him we did
1: i just remember we had we always had such a strong nucleus to that side as you say like evo up top Mm. all the way through it's a byron um yourself woodsy kev me there's just such a strong spine to
0: that to that side let's not forget um probably the unsung hero knocker yeah absolutely i've played with very good center midfielders and holding midfielders there's two i've played with or played in front of me one was paul hobbs who played for ellsbury yeah knocker a windsor and very very similar players i tell you what he'd be in front of me all day long if you asked me to pick my best team that I had in non-league football, I'd have to have an in midfielder because I think that's the, the position which sets us, which sets everything alight for the team. So mm-hmm. if you know you there, everyone can do what they want. They can go and do their bit. Because yeah. if it breaks down, you've got to knock on Richard there. And he he would certainly be in my best 11 out of all the players that i played with. Um, unsung hero for me. Brilliant. <laughs> And that was your spine, as you say. That was you know, Mark. It was uh, Mitch, me, and Woodsy, Knocker, uh, Ever up front. You know, that's that's a strong spine. Absolutely, totally. Fine. That that, and I think we could all we could all play a bit as well. Once once you're winning the game, we could all play. We weren't we weren't frightened to get on the ball, and play it. You know, nice little balls in behind, fall backs, push on from the midfield. But yeah, I think, you know, that's, and again, that's an, an half-court. And uh, so, you know, if you're strong down the middle, you can put almost anything down the sides. Yeah, almost, yeah, yeah. That's another beauty of this.
1: Now, towards the end of that 89-90 season was when Barry Fry and Barnett, Came in for you, for you and Mickey Banton, and you yeah. both signed for them. And then, obviously, days later, you got sold to John Clements at Cheshire. Yeah. What yeah. was the full
0: story yes. about all that? You know what? He signed us. He even went on the club um, phone in. They had a phone in, and he was on there. It was a the messages, you know, and it was a message saying, "Now oh, we're all on the we're Barnet now. And we're going away to Northwich or something like that." And that Mickey Barnes hasn't turned up. If I had a gun, I'd shoot him. But I was never going. I was never going, um, and I didn't know that the money that that got, came to uh, Windsor was Cheshire's money at the time. I didn't know. Well, I just thought I was going straight to Cheshire, wow. so I never, never even went to Barney. And the same with Mickey as well. With Mickey as well. Never even went there. And they got all that saying, if I had a gun, I'd shoot him and Barry Fry. Quite ironic, really, because a couple of seasons later, he tried to sign me from Cheshire.
1: (laughs) (laughs) um, So did Windsor know you were going to Cheshire? So
0: Windsor Windsor wouldn't have had a clue about Cheshire? No, I I just, all I know is I'm going, but I never once knew I was going to Barnet. And it made it made the bloody papers. It made the sun and the of the world. Because it all got found out and and it was like, yes, we pay for him, but they must have used the money coming in, they must have used obviously Chesham's money to give to Windsor. And then I never went to Barnet. I went straight to Windsor. Um, to, uh, Chesham, sorry. I went straight there. I didn't go to Barnet or Mickey Barnet. How did that make you feel during all that? Right, first and first and foremost, I went when I got there. I know I mentioned about certain players, and uh, Steve Bateman was a centre back. Yep. We never we never see eye to eye when we played against each other. Let alone play as a centre back partnership. We, but when you when you play, you've you, you've got to have that difference. Yep. You've got we're playing together now, and th- and this is what we're going to do. We never spoke after games. We just went in. He sat one end of the bar area. I was at the other talking to a couple of players, and we just didn't speak. We ended up really good friends after yeah. a while. But but when I went there, it was oh I wonder how much Mick Barnes is on. And that I heard I heard someone say it in the dressing room. And that's all I sort of got. It was who was on what money, because the chairman was uh, throwing around money like there's no tomorrow. Big signing on fees, cars. And I regretted for the first part of that, I really regretted going there what was
1: the attraction of going there what was it they offered a crazy amount of money or was it
0: new challenge it was yeah i i hadn't been married long either just got house so the money was unbelievable yeah 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 uh, the i got a, a cash the cash, i got every all my signing on fee in cash wow my, my message is going what have you got there super sign on fee <laughs> they just give me all this money oh, i or was but no, don't. it was a lot of money yeah and so she loved it and my wages were just massive i think if i had my time again i even though i i won a couple of leagues and but i won, you got a lot of success there though right For, yeah. from a pure football perspective very exactly. successful move what wasn't there was if you think when we won the league we had half the after squad lived in Wales, so we didn't even train together, and, and that makes it even more unbelievable. It, we won the league, you know, scoring over hundred goals, letting in thirty-seven, and we're having training sessions with 10, at, ten in Wales. All we did was five aside. That was one thing because I was I was a crap trainer, so I didn't mind that, and you know, and I used to get I, I used to get paid in the summer as well, so that was another th- sort of push. It. I say like, I was young, still young. Young, youngish. I still had a, a few years left. But again, <laughs> it was just ridiculous money when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe, but um, I'd like to think I knew more and loved Windsor more after I'd left. Uh, you you realise what you've lost, right? Yeah. I guess. And, and, and I've gone, I've gone say, and it took me, it took me a good season to to <sighs> To get to grips with it yeah there was there was players coming in from everywhere you know they were trying to sign all the best players so now you've got personality clashes and mm. there wasn't that i think once they got these these welsh boys in that's when it sort of turned the corner because um i don't they were really good lads they were really good lads they were they were all very good players but you can imagine them. I mean, a couple of them were from little mining towns in Wales. And all they knew was that work ethic and working with your mates at work. And there's no, uh, you know, some couple of them would come in with like crap planes or whatever. You know, it wasn't, there was no like Armani gear or Lacoste <laughs> or, or anything like that. They come in in their tracksuits. And as I say, a couple of them didn't even have, didn't even have a tracksuit, just dirty jeans to turn up in. But my sort of people yeah my sort of people and because there was they just mucked in with everybody else straight away we managed to get we managed to get through those games um with the help of um a coach called keith power right um who was working with um he brought a new dimension to training basically so it wasn't just you know, when we did have our, our pre season, these Welsh boys came down twice a week to you know to come training on, on pre-season training, you know. And because of this 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 new trainer, this Keith Power, he was involved with West Ham, Crystal Palace, Everton, with his own version of um this is how you got to do it. It was also uh, um Lenny Paul, it was a uh, Bob Slate and Linford Christie. He worked as their coach as well for the for the for their sprint training. So he knew what he was doing. And to be fair, he gave me at twenty-nine, probably half a yard of pace with, with his, So that first year was crap. When the when the Welsh boys came in, that's when it turned. Because now some of these big time Charlies are gone. They've they, gone being replaced because the chairman's brother became manager. They they came in and they were just workmen like. Very good players, but workmen. Like all of a sudden, the whole mindset of that team wasn't about how much someone was on. It was about let's get down to the business here. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And and for me, that is what he needed to get rid of the element of your yeah, Dermot Drummies and this. You know, there were some other players that stephen Manuel. They just all went. They had to go. He kept the nucleus. Do you remember Mark Dorber? Yeah, he ended up at Winter and later, many many years later, so Dorber, another person who's not a big time Charlie, he goes around. He's he's a family man. Those sort of players stayed, mixed in with those um, uh, those Welsh boys, and that's when it changed. It really did. Won the Division One, won the won the Premier League. Um, never had a good cup run though. We won a couple of bucks and bucks, but mm. like, you hammered us. Yeah. Yeah, one year
1: he, you absolutely hammered us i remember that
0: my mate played for, with jerry williams he played for windsor that day didn't he
1: yeah he did that's right that's right. what did you remember about some of the games that you then played against windsor and up against evo and what have you what was
0: some of those battles like so me and evo um <laughs> so we know he's another one from reading so i knew him from 16 17 years old and when I had a when I played, it didn't matter. So me and Ever would always have a beer because we lived about a mile mile and a half from each other, yeah. as well. So we we play against each other, and then when we walked in the pub, battered and bruised. Oh, played against each other today, have you? Yeah, who won? No, I didn't matter. Let's, let's get the beer in. Right. Ever was my type of player to play against because he was All big. He wasn't a did get the ball down and dribble he was he he was good on the ball he had a good strike but when the balls were up in the air i knew what was coming and i think he did as well so it was always a great battle there's other players that i were you know i didn't mind who i played against but it was just how you prepare for games yeah with evo i'd probably been for a beer with him on the thursday night <laughs> you know after met him up after training or something gone for a beer with him and then with Talk about, and we even when I played against him, whether it was Windsor or Sutton, we just travelled to the game together anyway. And <laughs> a lot of managers didn't like that, but um, but it never stopped our performances because I'd say we'd be battered, yeah, bat- exactly. you know, and it, it, and it, we just play our game, and it would be, I knew the next one was coming. He didn't knew the next one, not purposely. A big, tough centre back, centre forward, scrap basically, Love but it. still on your game. Um, players like Byron, there's a different, there's a different cat of fish. Um, just a bulldozer, you know. <laughs> you, you think you got an ounce of time, and he's just whacked. You should do that in training. I remember doing my ligaments in training because Byron's just bowled through me. I don't even think you see me. <laughs> well that's the issue. He couldn't see. He couldn't see, he's done my ligaments. And then you had um obviously um Mickey Banton come along with me. it would have been difficult to play against, I think. But yeah, yeah. it again, if I played against Winter, I knew what I was gonna get. I knew we had to be if we weren't up for the scrap, I mean a tough battle, you're gonna lose a game. So when when I played with Chesham against Windsor, I had to sort of GM up a bit more. These boys ain't laying down, even in that cup final. These boys ain't laying down because I know them. They're going to keep coming at us. You can keep, because they know, I said, they know one way. It's going to be, they'll, they'll be solid defensively and when they come forward, they'll come forward and they're coming forward with brutes, not not just um, you know, you got you got your knockers and you got, remember Dave Osgood? Yeah. yeah. You're another one you know he wanted to fight and you know that that was that was that was Windsor. so playing with them and against them it was always pleasure to play with them but against them it sort of suited my style i i don't have to be anything but big and strong you know but on it all the time when you look back who was the biggest influence on your career that's that's there was a couple of couple. Of, there was a there was a a, a manager at, a youth manager at Reading called Bobby Williams.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he was good. There was also they had an old player from the sixties called Johnny Walker, who was an ex-player for Wolves, Southampton, and whatever. But he was good. He was a good man around the club. Um, right. And if you're having a difficult time, he'd be the one to see it. He'd be the one to see that and coming over and saying. Uh, what's wrong with you then? And he, he ease everything. Yeah. So, from that perspective, in Reading, it, w- it was those two. But there's been a, there's been a few. Alf Courtin definitely. Just with my work ethic, um, as I say, I wasn't the greatest trainer, but I think he made me work harder than anybody else. And that wasn't you. Got to work harder. That was, this is Alf Courtin, and I know yeah. what he wants. Yeah. If I don't. I don't do it. It doesn't matter how good you are or who you are. You're out of the team. So even by being Alf Carlton, you just you knew you you, you got to work hard. And you know what? Actually, when I worked hard, I found playing better. But I was just a. It was difficult to me for training. I just hated training. <laughs> uh, so under under him, I, I I I did it. I did it more than I did for anybody else. To be fair, um, but there was another another manager at um chesham alan randall right who was harrow manager hendon he was he was a big center half, ex um england semi-pro he played in that really good hendon side in the 70s um and the biggest compliment i got from him uh was we, we 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 played we played st albans or ellsbury one of them steve catridge remember him as a manager
1: yeah.
0: yeah he's gone and he i didn't know this. he told me when he when i went to play for ellsbury he said uh we played you we were one that you were one nil down against us and and he said this is the biggest compliment i can play pay you i expected tea to be thrown around the dressing room we were waiting to listen because we were all over you i said no i remember the game we were all over the place he said you got back into it in the last 15 and end up winning the game and i said to alan rando after i said whatever happened to the tea? the trays t going around everywhere effing and blinding and whatever he said oh, i don't need to do that anymore he said What's that? he said mickey barnes does it for me on the pitch so it was really good because yeah i i I would let players know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a in no uncertain terms, if they weren't doing it. And I and I and this is where I could switch it back to Windsor. I didn't have to do that at Windsor. There were times <laughs> when we had to see each other up bit, come on, let's do it. But at Tessum, you sometimes had to tell people, get stuck in. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, a- yeah. and injured, walk over and go, Listen, I'll tackle you if you don't start tackling. know just things like that getting them up you know and we went up winning that game but i always find why why should you have to do that you're playing and you shouldn't have to get someone to really dig in when you're not playing
1: very well it's totally true like you can you can accept everyone will have a bad game you can accept loss you know people are out of form but it was never, in my opinion, as a support. there's never an excuse for not being committed or putting the no. effort.
0: I remember someone saying to me, if you had a um, <clears throat> a team of Gazers against a team of Roy Keynes, who wins? I said, Roy Keane all day. Because there's nothing on that Gazer side to say we need to defend. We, need, You know, there's no talking. There's a, a good talker, if you're not having a very good game, but you can talk, and you can head away, but you can you can get people into position with your voice, that's just as good as having a good game. Get good players, having a bad game, but silent, you know? Um, and I, you know, one of my big debates I have is with my son. And um, I remember when Leicester beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final, and what Brendan Rodgers did, and uh, Chelsea were all over him, and I remember him bringing on Wes Morgan, can't run, you can't run, but what he did was head the ball away and put people in position, and they won the game. That was a brilliant piece of management. And people were going, what are they bringing Wes Morgan on for? That's why. That's what they were missing, that leadership on the pitch. And you don't have to be the best player. You don't have to be the best player. And that's why I love Ian Richards' knocker, when he played in front of us, just made it easy for us. Um, by by winning the ball back and then passing off to Chilkey White or Merriman or knocking it wide to Frilly or whatever. Yeah, those sort of players you need.
1: Right, I'm going to ask you to finish off, I'm going to ask you some quick five questions. Yeah. Um, and as I say to everyone, they're quick fire, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be easy. So uh, best player you played with at Windsor?
0: Do you know what? I'm going with I'm going with Mitch. Yeah. Goalkeeper, but probably the best goalkeeper that I've had played behind me throughout my whole career. Right. Should have been should have been playing professional football yeah, 100%. without any doubt. And do you know what is one of his best traits were? he let you have it if you need it. But when you're under pressure, he would, he'd make you laugh. He'd say something, you oh. you know, I remember playing a game and I'm trying to get, get someone into position. Oh, you get back here. Come here. You, you pick up there, then. Mitchell go, Barney, what are you doing? Calm down. Your round, first round when you get in the bar. <laughs> and, <I'm, "Bastard." laughs> and, but all of a sudden, all that sort of stress has just left because I've now got a really confident and calm keeper. Yeah. 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 Who's calmed me down. Seriously. It, I can't speak highly enough of Kevin Mitchell, not just as as a as a as a planner, but as a as a as a person. Fantastic. Yeah, but closely tell, tell followed by Woodsy. Okay, so the next question.
1: Uh, so I think you've just answered one of the three. Um, name the best back four you played with at Windsor. So I'm assuming, obviously, Woodsy will be your partner. Woodsy all day long. Who'd be your left back and right back? Derek Waters. Yep.
0: Yeah. And Stuart Mitchell. Oh, there we goes. Straightforward. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, without a doubt. That's that's the strongest one for me. Um, Mitch, good play. Well, you see what Mitch's done. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He went on to Woking, won lots. Derry Waters, right, he... If he wanted someone to win a tackle for you, cleanly as well, just go, go and tackle him us, Dale. And he would do that. And he he could strike a good ball. And he... Another good talker. But, listen, he, he was... That's my best back four at Windsor, without any doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Woodsy, he was... You know when everyone's playing really well, so you're all playing well, so everything's going good. But well, I played with, like, say Steve Bateman at, at um Cheshire, and under the cosh, you want, I, Woody would lead that. If you're yeah. under the cosh, Woody would lead, and and he would make sure everyone's got a job to do. Whatever, proper proper leader. Steve Bateman at Cheshire, fantastic player. But I found and he was captain. But I found I was. I'm not saying I shouldn't do it. But there was more coming from me than him, and it should be him as the standout. Looking, me looking. I might have been playing badly. I yeah, want my, yeah. want my captain, to, to reassure me.
1: Yeah? yeah,
0: totally, totally. And it, and it wasn't so much like that. But but at Windsor, we all knew our jobs, and Woody would let us know what we got to do. Who was um, the toughest? Who um, was the toughest forward you played against? One hundred percent, Steve Clark, at St Albans. Oh, St Albans, yeah. Someone else. I haven't, I haven't even got to think about it. Steve Clark was like, yeah, uh, he scored a lot of goals, didn't he? he? Scored a lot of goals. Alan Shearer of uh, non-league football. He's he was about six foot six foot one. In the air, he was brilliant. He could strike with both balls. He was he was strong. Um, he would drop deep, and then you knew. I'm not gonna get sucked in there because if a ball comes in, but you knew when he came in, he was a bit like Evo in that respect, where you know you're gonna get clobbered. So you you just got to protect yourself because it's harder when a ball's coming in there, you and if someone's coming in from your side, you've got to be able to protect yourself. And and he scored a lot of goals like that, um, Clarkey, no doubt. But um I knew there's certain players, Cliff Hercules. Clarkey, those two, I knew I had to prepare 100% differently. And I know this sounds wrong. I should prepare the same every game, but I didn't. Mm. Still gave 100%, no doubt about that. But with those two, it was just different. I knew yeah. I had to to play. And I don't, I think, um, Alan Pluck, remember Alan Pluck, Race? Yeah, Aylesbury as well. Yeah. And he, he said, and again, I get these off of people come there he said that he thinks I'm the only centre back that kept Hercules and Clark quiet in a game fair play but I've had to I I knew John Mitchell said it as well he said when we used to play against each other he used to say is this the Barnes and Clark Appreciation Society (laughs) he said because no matter what you do you just (laughs) you know it's it's like if i have made a great tackle on him he'd, he'd just Tap me in the chest and if he's got the better of me it's just that respect you know yeah but knowing you're not going to hold back um yeah clarky definitely i think he was a better player than hercules okay on the on the topic of goals and what was the best goal you scored in your career what all my career not wins all career, all, all career, all career. Um, my first one at reading um against lincoln um i, I was playing i remember martin nicks had to or steve wood sorry he was injured I'd broken my nose in a reserve game midweek. Woods got injured and Morris Severn's performance said, will you, do you want to, will you play? I said, well, yeah, I'll play. You know, I'm, I'm a footballer. I want to play football. And my nose was broken. And then after about 15 minutes, it got broken even more because <laughs> Glenn Cockrell was up front for them then, Lincoln City. Ball's come down. I've won the header, be back-headed and you can hear the crack. But again, it's already broken, so you stay on second half I've um I've scored Stuart bevin's pinged in a gray ball and I didn't even have to break run and I've and I've headed into the roof of the net from about 12 yards so my first one is yeah I think the first one is is always going to be your best one yeah totally totally
1: all right what two more questions was there ever a team or ground you that you just loved playing against or playing at like you just knew that no matter what, I'm always going to play well there. And then on the flip side, was there ever a team that you just hated playing against? You just, Every time you just look at that fixed list and think, oh, just every time I just hate going there.
0: There's the football, football pitches, probably the small pitches. Yeah. Don't forget, I spent six years on one of the biggest pitches in the country at Chesham. Yeah. Why? No. Because <laughs> I was a man who didn't like running too much. But whoa, I love playing at Wokingham Town yep. because it, it was local to me and it was a bit intimate. It was all nicely closed in. It was a small pitch. I always loved playing there. Um, away matches, um, Grey's Athletic, I think. <laughs> yeah. although, although the Grey's Athletic and Barkin really not so much. So Grey's Athletic, the pitch sometimes was quite nice, but they were massive. They were monsters. <laughs> they they really let you have it. Um, yeah. So it wasn't so much the ground. It was the players you were playing against. And barking was just shit. Old. It was just. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. There was no grass on it. in a, You know, in the winter, let alone <laughs> in the summer. When the, by the time of the season, come, there was dust on the pitch. And you're going, oh, no, no, no. Don't want this at all. Oh, and then some of the players, um, like at Bromley as well, they were horrible. John, John John Raffington always wanted to fight me. Steve Amberg. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know why, but phew, Raffington was always booked or sent off against me. I don't know what I ever did to him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Mick, listen,
1: thank you so much. I've really enjoyed chatting. Um, yeah. some great memories there, mate.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah, thanks for asking me because um, it made me, um, it let me get out. You know, a, a few things um, about certain players uh, who I, I've never really told. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah anytime. now listen to this: the likes of of, of Knocker, um, um, Mitch, Woodsy, like no, those three would always be in my team, my all time team out of everyone I played with. I like so, that. so it's just yeah. It's, and and you know, thanks for asking me again.
1: No, I love that. Not a problem. And to everyone who's downloaded, uh, once again, thank you. And um, we'll be back again in a couple of weeks with our next guest.